this is Short Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. Weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and I got Justin with me. We lost Chuck, man. He was in the warp there somewhere, but Justin, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Not much. We've just been constantly working and uh, getting this bunker up and running. Yeah, full yeah. Ca- full capacity, full capacity. You, you got to uh, you got to get that bunker going, man. I mean, nerd bunkers, they, they got to be ready to go, dude. We got we got we got a hobby. We got to plan for our next game. But that's you know that's actually what we're going to be talking about on tonight's show. As a matter of fact, we're going to be looking ahead. We're going to be kind of pontificating here and talking a little bit about uh, uh, Age of Sigmar 3.0 that we know that was right around the corner. But, you know, our, our, our beloved co-host, man, Chuck, he's lost in the warp again. He kind of, I don't know what's happened. And, you know, Randy, he was supposed to be with us too. Randy, the nice guy in tabletop wargaming. But we all know, we all know, and Justin, you know, you can back me up on this one as far as our little buddy, Randy. You know, he's a, oh, yeah. he's got a severe drinking problem. I mean, he's uh, he's been, you know, he's been out. I think he's been on the, the you know, the bar stool for what? I mean, when, when you talk to him, what is it, fourth day in a row or something like that, Justin? I think he's going on his fifth. I mean, he really is just, I mean, just a just an unbelievable drinker. I mean, if it wasn't for Randy, though, do you know how many broke bartenders there would be? But that's the thing, folks. We know that he's out there, you know, hammered somewhere, drunk, missing the show. But, you know, we love him anyways. We, yeah, no, we, no judgment here, right? Right, Justin? Not at all. Not even, at all. Even a complete boozer like Randy, who is a nice guy in tabletop <laughs> wargaming. No judgment. But, uh, but yeah, folks, we, uh, but Chuck should be joining us here a little bit later in the show. And, uh, and we are going to, uh, we got a lot to talk about. But you know what's kind of nice? Not much in the news, as a matter of fact, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of a nice, uh, a nice change, a nice reprieve, isn't it? It's a little bit of a lull, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a nice reprieve from being slammed just constantly with, you know, AOS news and not knowing yeah. which direction what is what. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's kind of nice. But wait a minute, hold it, hold everything. We got Chuck back. Chuck, are you with us, man? Are you back from the warp? I think we just picked up his picture. We got it. We, we got we got that. We got that picture that's up there, man. We got that. But you know what? He's on mute, and he's going to work out his microphone mm-hmm. stuff. And we are going to keep rolling. Chuck, did you get off mute, buddy? You there? All right, we're going to keep rolling, man. Chuck's going to try to be joining <laughs> us, but you know he's got that. He's he's got almost like that. You know, like that 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 like that like dating app. You know, you know, picture up there, man. You know, that's uh, we'll, we'll have to be showing our fans out here. But but yeah, so folks, welcome to uh, welcome you're to the Grimdark. Him, you're gonna get him in so much trouble. You know that. I get everybody in trouble, Justin. It's what I do. It's who well, I am. Yeah, right? we know. We know. But uh, but hey, you know, everybody out there, you know, thank you very much for joining us here on tonight's show and and uh, being with us here on Grimdark Live. And and if you like our show, please don't forget to uh, give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. But so yeah, so at the top of the show, what you did hear us talking about here, folks, is um, we all know that we may be due for another edition of Age of Sigmar, you know, in in 2021, otherwise known as AOS 3.0. We know that that's right around the corner, and we're seeing the signs. 
Justin. This is kind of what I want to bring up to you here, buddy. I mean, we're seeing the signs of a buildup of, of a, new, a new addition or a change, if you will. And I think it's going to be uh, a portion of our discussion here on tonight's show, as well as some other things. And I think it's also worth noting here, Justin, that Age of Sigmar, you know, titled currently as AOS 2.0, was also released back in 2018, right? So let's kind of work through the time frame here on, on, on kind of what our discussion is going to kind of metastasize into being. And, and, and as we have a few, you know, months, you know, or I guess just a couple of months, really, to, to, you know, before we're looking up the skirt here of 2021, but then I think we'll be right around, say, the, we're right around what, maybe the, 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 the two-year mark here of 2.0 and mm-hmm. six years from AOS when it really started by the time, you know, right. 2021 comes around. And this, I think this is going to put us in a great spot to see a new edition of Age of Sigmar 3.0, along with, of course, you know, the hint, hint, you know, wink, wink, nudge, say no more with, with Broken Realms. You know, what are you, uh, what are you thinking there, bud? Well, yeah, I mean, that it, it follows in line with, G, with GW's rolling of rules and generalized you know, the way they run their games is every two to three years, we end up seeing either a complete revamp of all the codexes. Right. And then on year four, you get a, you get an addition jump because they've already been putting all the new addition stuff into those codexes. Well, we've come to the end of the AOS 2.0 additions for all of our codices. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, that's true. We've got. I think we have one or two armies that didn't really get a 2.0 book, mm-hmm. but they got enough of an update through various generals handbooks, uh, white dwarfs, and other sources to push them into the 2.0 front. Yep. So now that puts us on that burner, saying, "Okay, AOS three is coming." Right. And we're going to get all this done, and and that's where I think the Marathi and all that is leading into it. Broken realms, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's why we're getting these big these big inklings and big hints, is saying, hey, here's 3.0 right around the corner. You guys better be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? And 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 I think uh, I think speaking of right around the corner, have we found Chuck yet? Are you there with us, buddy? Uh, I should be. I should be on. I I got my bad mic, but can you hear me? We we, we can, can hear you. We can hear you, bad mic and all. But I tell you what, that's a great picture, man. You know, I want everybody out there to really see. I know. That. I'm st- I'm still working on the professional picture. That, Just wait until you get the good picture. You'll be impressed, man. I got to tell you, that's like Bullhunk Central right there, man. That's a picture. <laughs> I, I, I it's like got a, a good background, good contrast, just like my painting. Divergence. Yeah, I like how everything got real, real quiet there. Like, hey, thanks for keeping it creepy there, Pat. No problem. Hey, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 going back to what we we're talking about here, you know, Chuck, we're actually, you know, we're getting ready. We're warming up for this yeah. AOS 3.0 coming off of the Broken Realms. And 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 one of the things I think Justin was saying that that I want to hear your two cents on here, Chuck, is historically we know, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off what Justin just said. Historically, we know that GW has yeah. used Age of Sigmar as a bit of a testing platform. Uh, for releases in 40k in in my opinion i've kind of seen a pattern here and and after Mm -hmm. really looking at how things have trended recently you know with the psychic awakening and all the things that have been happening i think that what's what led into broken realms and i think that's what we're seeing now does that make sense to you or do you agree with that to, to a certain point yeah to a certain point that there is a cyclical period that games workshop has uh, with their book release they're going to be testing the waters out with certain campaign books to see if uh that new release grabs hold if if a certain volume of uh, books are purchased or or army bundles that they're they're putting out there. I think that it has 
has always sort of been Games Workshops uh, and companies in general. Yeah, you know, right. don't get me wrong. I'm I don't know everything about Games Workshop, but you know, when we look at it with AOS one and AOS two, um, we see you know a, a typical release pattern. You know, every three months or every six months. And I, I think that cycle with uh, the 2020 releases that we have had uh, is sort of summing up and coming to um, a pinnacle. We've had 20 codexes released, I think, since 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think you're anything right. from yeah. that Stormcast Eternals box set two years ago to uh, Sons of Bahamut this year. And, you know, at what point do they sort of try and refresh that, that brand? Not maybe hopefully change it too much, but uh, give us something a little bit new to to taste right 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 and you know and you make a good point because you know we're, we're also going to be talking about how the path and that's kind of what you were you know, in a way what you kind of touched on there chuck you know the the path that, that gw yeah. paved with you know 40k through their eighth edition and their ninth edition of that game to make a case for potentially this new edition that we're going to be talking about tonight for age of sigmar via broken realms you know you can kind of see you know they're a company that runs both platforms both games and you can kind of see a very patternistic approach to how they're going to um, monopolize on, on, on their, on their product. And, you know, and, and I, I don't yeah. want to, not to lament too long on the topic of 40 K because we're an age of Sigmar show and, and, and that's just what we do. But, uh, I, I think it's, I, I think this cousin game of ours in 40 K is, 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 is telling us the hints that we need to know about, uh, about what's upcoming for the game of, of age of Sigmar. Right. I mean, wouldn't you agree as far as when I referenced, you know, psychic awakening. Yes. Okay. I yes, mean, I would. I mean, and and not, but like, well, you guys stalled there. So let, let me let me kind of point out what I was trying to say. I mean, I mean, regarding 40k, as they moved into last year, uh, the last year of 40k's eighth edition, you know, that that 2019 2020 type of year, they pretty much went through supplement hell, right? Just like Chuck was saying, you know, where all these new codexes, we are. You said, I'm sorry, Justin, and and Chuck kind of backed you up on that. We we've gone through all the codexes, the, but but they went through 40k went through literally supplement hell you know and mm-hmm. during the earlier part of eighth edition you know primaris got a decent amount of stuff as well as death guard but they they were mainly focused around new kits but near the end there they they had this uh the what do they call it the um the vigilus books the, the codex supplements and the entire psychic awakening series <clears throat> you know broken realms of what we've been talking about here right of uh, of which we're all accompanied by, you know, splash releases of a single model or two that have that have been happening. So that was kind of my 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 whole lead in as far as recognizing that I really believe Age of Sigmar 3.0 is right around the corner because we're currently looking right up the skirt at Broken Realms right now. Well, that's true. I just hope we don't have the same kind of mental mentality of release cycle that they just did in 40k, where. We just got hit with ninth on 40k, and all of a sudden you have, you had codexes released in the last three months. Okay, you all know right. it's like you literally had every Space yeah. Marine faction getting a codex, every Necron getting a codex, every, I mean, they they had five codexes released in one month. True. I don't want to see that in AOS. I'm I'm sorry, but I don't. Well, I mean, it, it's it's probably going to happen, but but Chuck, what are your thoughts on that? Briefly. <laughs> I think we lost you know uh, my thoughts that 
briefly, yeah. Don't go into a five. Um, the pattern that if we're seeing it with 40K, we'll probably see it with a AOS. The, the point being to that is that I think players are not willing to wait anymore. They are trying to get and capture as many people's attention, mm-hmm. gamers, uh, when they release something. And, and to that effect, they probably want to affect as many types of players at one time. So they want to release maybe a book for each, uh, you know, order, death, destruction, and chaos, and and one in each area so that um, mm-hmm. each player has something that they can purchase and pick up, and it's not just limited to one play style or, or two armies in a single box set release. So okay. that type of splash release in like a six-week period or two months, I think you could definitely see four books released in two months. Okay. I would and, not put it past them. And, and, and let's, well, stick a, let's stick a pin in that point there, Chuck, because I do want to get into that here later in the show. That's a great point. But Justin, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that I, I can see that too, where you're, you know, you are dropping say one of each of the major factions, but do you really want to see, say the Sons of Behemoth book get dropped three months from now? No. As a 3.0 I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think but that's, that's what that's, no, 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 but that's no. kind of what that's kind of what I was leaning towards when I was saying the 40k okay, side. Well, okay. They okay. had finished right. they had finished up certain Space Marine factions right at the back half or the or the beginning half of Psychic Awakening, and then all of a sudden nine ticks and hey, guess what? Here's another Blood Angels book. Here's another Space Wolf book, which had just gotten finished. So it's like you just dumped fifty dollars into a book, and now you got to dump another fifty dollars. Okay, and so, that's what I don't want to see. So, so I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. And I and I don't think that's where you're going to go. And I, that's a valid point, but I don't think that's going to happen. What I was trying to preface that here for our for our conversation that we're going to be getting into here after the news is more of the pattern that we're already seeing. We've been right. seeing hints of this long before Broken Realms, and this is oh, what yeah. I was trying to say. Now that that 40k, and again, folks, for all your Age of Sigmar guys out there listening, you know, we apologize, but but we we, we need the springboard here of our cousin game here just to get through this point. Uh, now that 40k is in its ninth edition, I think we've already begun to see how GW cherry picked some rules across books and has either kept them legal or made them illegal in match play. You know, for example, in eighth mm-hmm. edition, you could use the formations that costed CP obviously from Vigilus in your games, but in ninth, you can't anymore. So in short, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is in short, uh, GW got through the major kit focus releases and then moved into the supplements coupled with, you know, new models, splash releases here and there. And we're already seeing that now with Age of Sigmar. So in, so in, in, in part here on tonight's yeah. show, uh, we're going to be applying that pattern that I was trying to talk about earlier to Age of Sigmar in, in our experience to, to, to see what to expect. And with that here, folks, we're also going to be talking about what Chuck and Justin and I and anyone else who wants to chime in on the boards. What would you like to see? I mean, this is going to be our new game. What are, we, what are you hoping that could transpire and be developed from Age of Sigmar 3.0? So sound good, right, gang? we got a show ahead of us, huh? Oh, yeah. Of course, but yeah, before, I think so. Yeah, but before we get to uh, uh, the, the the news, we got to do this, you know. But but don't answer this now. But but here's the question of the day that we're going to be getting to. We're going to be reasking this here later in the show, and here it is. Don't answer it right now, anybody. But here's the question of the day. In the Broken Realms storyline, is Marathi the focal point of these new series of books? Or is she simply a cog in what will ultimately be a greater machine of legendary storytelling? There it is. That's your that's your question of the day. So hold all your answers. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be getting to that here 
later uh, later on in the show. So, fellas, anything to say before we uh, we get to the news? Nope. No. All right, gang. We'll be right back with the news. Thank you. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. Okay, gang, listen up. Breaking news here on Grimdark Live. Canadian wildlife officials from biologists, herpetologists, anthropologists, entomologists, psychiatrists, and gynecologists haven't confirmed as fact that rhinos are indeed fat Canadian unicorns. And if that ain't awesome enough coming out of Canada, let me tell you about another great Canadian company and sponsor to Grimdark Live. Six Squared Studios. Check this out. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases. Silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. And if you tell them Grimdark Live sent you, they may let you pet a unicorn. Oh boy. Look at that horn. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. Now, back to our regularly scheduled news here on Grimdark Live. I think I cut the wrong horn. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. We got the news, and we are back, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be jumping into this with uh, with my two compadres here, man. So you guys ready for, to get into this? We're going to be talking about the news, and not a lot in the news, but I think we got some pretty uh, uh, healthy topics at any rate that we can uh, we can kind of get into. You guys ready? Yep. All right, yes. let's start off. We got the rumor engine. That's the first thing right off the top of the bat. And uh, here it is, rumor engine. Uh, the hairs remind me of dark elves maybe, but um, that could be maybe some lightning bolts, you know, serving as, as, as arrows. Maybe, what do they call those, uh, fletchlings or something like that? I mean, what, what do we think, man? What are we looking at here? Well, it's definitely a quiver of some form. It leads to me to think that it's some form of Sigmar model. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, more Sigmar. You think so? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Really? I mean, 
I looked at this and the light, the, the lightning bolt shape on the Fletchet portion of it made right me think, makes me think, uh, makes me think that it's Sigmar. Right. But then, of course, you got the hair and the, the, the design of it in general. But the problem is that I'm seeing is everything's too angular. Everything's too, it's not, it's not leaning towards elves. It's not leaning towards, it's just not elegant. It's, it's very rudimentary, very rough. So I'm also thinking this might be something chaos. It, it, it could be something kind of heavy, you know, like, like, yeah. like it could be. Chuck, that what could, do you those think, could, man? Those could, be, those could be ballista bolts for all we know. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, any thoughts? What do you think? Yeah. It, you know, for the best part of me wants to say that it is leaning more towards dark elves, that okay. we're seeing some type of quiver or bolt that could be, you know, uh, dark elf related. But uh, I know it looks like a lightning bolt, but there's just nothing in me that says it's going to be um, a, like a storm cast release for some type of repeater bolt thrower. But right. it, it does look like some type of bow or arrow, an arrow, I would say. Yeah, right. And uh, I think that hair could be part of like maybe even a vampire model you know that I, would have a repeater or crop that would be something that would be something I, I i first when i thought about it when i first saw it i kind of thought about our conversation last week's show we talked about you know the cities of sigmar and some of the things we're going to be seeing as far as you know them being able to have some of the command abilities and stuff like that 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 the stormcast eternals are going to be able to bestow on them i thought maybe this could be a, a mortal unit uh but but to me the more i look at it i mean probably Realistically, it, it, it to me it clearly looks very um, Azerite, if you will, uh, but the details look smaller. I guess is the way, the, the, the way that I look at it. It just um, a little less blocky, you know, to kind of back up what uh, what, what you guys are saying than, than than Stormcast. It looks a little more blocky to me. It, it looks yeah. like Stormcast, Don't maybe for. Go ahead. What was that? Bolts, though. I mean, it looks like a thick bolt. Yeah, that's that, that's why I'm thinking it's like it's leaning. Leaning me towards a bolt thrower or maybe, something, something that or something big. Maybe it, it could be like, stormcast. Maybe for a new chamber. I hope not. <laughs> Sorry, Dude, I, if they're dropping chamber, that's going to be a stormcast book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody wants a stormcast book but me. Well, that's true. That's true. You you do have a a a, a, a big love affair with those golden bastards. You really do. I have a six-foot shelf of painted models. That's what I have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or how about this, guys? I, I think it's 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 obviously I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a quiver of of, of arrows or bolts for for something stormcast. The difference in, in in them seems to me to be indicate more of like how do I want to say this? An indiv- individualistic approach, which makes me think it's it's a character rather than a unit. The more I look at this, maybe it it could be yeah. for for like a new. New character of some kind, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these these arrow. I guess if you can call them arrows or how or the backsides of these, and I mean, you're seeing loops and you're seeing different functionality on these. So it may have be a character like you're saying that's got some kind of different type of ability. You know, it's like, hey, this 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 particular one can be hooked to a chain and do like a scorpion get over here, or this one can have. You know, whatever. I just, I'm, I mean, but it's a quiver of arrows. So who knows? Right, right, right. I mean, you know, I, I guess if you want to take a long shot, 
I guess I would say this. At the very least, it's probably 99% Stormcast, 1% another Sigmarite army, you know, based off what we mm-hmm. talked about last week. I mean, maybe, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess uh, it could be, what else could it be here? It could be uh, another Underworlds well, or Warcry related, maybe a, a brand new faction. It could be Warcry related, but look at that thick hair. That almost looks like the horse tail doesn't it it does it almost looks it like that might be a tail of a horse or a wolf yeah okay yeah all right because think- i said these, these arrows look pretty beaten up and tattered so this might be maybe a get wolf rider with a bow but would, would they have those oh, lightning they, yeah. would, would they have oh, those lightning do- bolts on them would they have the would it would a get they, have those lightning bolts on them they steal everything no all right Gets yeah it could be well, look, the arrows are different. One has like a circle to it on the bottom. The other are the lightning bolts. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, heck, and, and they're not even—they're not even universal arrows. I mean, they're all different shaped bolts, and I mean, it's—it's it's all like beat together and whatever else. So, I, I mean, it could be anything. That picture's the way they took that picture. It, it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, it could be could be something for Cities of Sigmar. Who knows? <laughs> Probably or get my book. Or yep, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe a Git Mob book. Maybe Hop they've goblins. heard enough people bitching about it and said, "Hey, let's get those goblins rolling." Hopefully, it's it's. It, it, I would love I would love hobgoblins, but that's that's a way stretch of what this could be. I, I would love to see hobgoblins come back, but uh, but we do know is we got Blood Bowl, man. We got Blood Bowl. That's uh, that, that's out, and uh, the second season, uh, from what I understand here, folks, the second season sold out already. Mm-hmm. Now that's what I'm hearing. I mean, Blood Bowl second season is supposedly already sold out uh, on the, the the store manager site um, for at least the UK and, and the American version, from what I understand. Now I haven't checked it here since uh, two days ago, I believe, but uh, from what I understand, it was sold out. And I thought this was a pre-order, but uh, we you know we we did find some leaked pricing that I'm kind of showing up here. Obviously, it's all in it's all in pounds here. Um, but gang, you know, here's what I want to throw at you guys. You know, I don't particularly play Blood Bowl. I mean, I, I I've I've watched a couple of games. I like the models, but I don't play Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. But those sound, as far as the prices are concerned, pretty reasonably priced. I mean, I they 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 really um, really, you know, swing and miss on the, on the pricing with GW these days, especially with, if you look at what they did with say for, for Teclas versus the Gargans versus all that kind of stuff, right. um, recently, but, um, you can have a blood bowl based game containing two, you know, relatively good teams, uh, a pitch, you know, if, yeah. if a, if a, if a basic one, you could have dice, uh, goodies to play, uh, a third team, uh, to, to your, to your choice and, and enough change in your pocket for, for, you know, a couple of, a couple of beers and a shot of whiskey, I think after, you know, after, after the game. So, you know, I, I think Blood Bowl's in a good position for those more economical gamers, but guys, what do you think about this whole Blood Bowl thing? Blood Bowl's always been in a good economical. I mean, their average price of their team is like $35 for the whole team. And that's for 12 models. Right. So that's not a bad, that's not a bad cost. And having their baseline game being within, you know, 100, 150 bucks, giving you two full teams, giving you everything you need to play the game, all the tokens and all that, it, it's a good, it's a good one-off game. It's pretty easy just to, to, you know, pick it up, put a team on the table, roll a couple dice, put it away when you're done, and there you go. Yeah. Do you, you know? So do you play it often? I don't play it enough. I okay. used to play it all the time and I do a lot of commissions on it. So okay. I got, but they're, I mean, the teams are very diverse and you see a lot of factions in the teams that 
that you wouldn't and, see anywhere else. And they they're just they're colorful little characters. And the new stuff that they've been releasing with the new the new the new look on the orcs and the new look on the humans, um, the game's looking phenomenal. Okay, all right, I like. And it. I think a lot of people are going to be going. Uh, retro with this. You know, they're going to want to pick it up so that they can enjoy the previous editions of Warhammer that they did play from a, like, 8th edition standpoint that they just don't have the models for anymore or not included in uh, right. the general lineup that AOS presents forward. So, another thing, those halfling models. Remember, they they weren't doing that, the halfling models for years, you know. Uh, released them in the blisters or box sets. You had to eBay those things, and they were triple the price, and then they came out with that Blood Bowl team, and People jumped on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know what that reminds me too, Chuck. Uh, when you bring up, you know, kind of people wanting to, you know, pick up, you know, dust off some of their older models. You know, I, I Blood Bowl. They they released or they talked about, I think yesterday, a legacy roster. You know, speaking of old oh, okay. old models, you know, I, I think GW released a PDF addressing the rosters of mm-hmm. that that were missing from the core book. Uh, the the ones without models, I guess. And I, I think um I think if I got it here somewhere um. Uh, I think it's uh, the the Kalem Blitzers. Uh, those are the War Dancers. I think they I think they actually fixed some of those stats. The Eagle Warrior Throwers. Uh, the Yeti Loner is missing, um, and I believe uh, Vampire uh, are the ones that they that they that they added in. But don't quote me on that. But I do know that uh, they they're mm-hmm. they're bringing back some legacy stuff uh, to the Blood Bowl game. Right. Did you say the Vampires? Are coming back? No, it's vampire. I think. I think. Yeah, oh, man. vampire. <laughs> so, do they have bloodlines? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got. You know what? I, I got to tell you, I, I I wasn't really that enamored with uh, the idea of vampires when it first came out. I really wanted the goblins. I really wanted like you know sky pirate goblins. I thought that would be hysterical. Yeah. But I got, I got to tell you, like like a fungus, uh, the whole vampire thing has really kind of grown on me. You know, I it, it, mm-hmm. it, I, I do. I, I kind of like it. So, I mean, but we'll have to we'll have to see as far as what you know what they're going to be doing next. You know, with this. But yeah, but Blood Bowl. You know, we know that uh, it's sold out. Obviously, very popular, and they're going to bring back some legacy stuff for all you old bastards that want to you know dust off all those pewter models and put them back out on the table. But Justin, you were saying that you had one more thing in the news for us uh, before we uh, we get to our topic of AOS 3.0. Did you have anything else you wanted to share with us? Uh, I think you just. What did I see that was? Oh, uh, yeah, that they released or they pre put up for pre order. The four army deals that are based around the Marathi, the, the starting of the Marathi book. Okay. And I think I think it's oh. kind of an, I think it's kind of an inkling as to what they're going to do with each of these book releases. Is Marathi's big thing was we have all the battle scrolls coming for uh, the Chaos, the Dark Elf, Cities of Sigmar, the um, the Sigma the the Sigmar Sigmar guys, and then. Um, the island deepkin okay so i'm almost thinking once we get book two we're gonna see another four of these 90 to 100 dollars starter kits that are based on their battalions that are in the book interesting okay so i mean if you look at them online and everybody's free to go do that you'll notice that they're all 90 dollars. they all come with a decent amount of models um a couple of them are kind of hit or miss in my opinion right but these are all the battalion based units that are in the marathi book Interesting. Yes. So you buy these, and you automatically have the battalion, uh, not the the models to build the battalion for the ar- for the army. 
Okay. So they kind of right. they kind of were smart about it, and I think they're going to do that in book two, three, four, five, or how many ever books they do. We're going to see the focus of from those factions translated into a ninety dollars starter. Interesting, interesting. Chuck, anything to piggyback off that one? You know, I think to capitalize what Justin was just talking about that what we will see moving forward is some type of uh, book release with major characters uh, and then battalion options being combined into that. Now, you know, what we see moving forward, I I don't know, but I believe they're going to be trying to, uh, one, you know, get rid of old models and put put new models out there to, uh, whether they're hero models or or large scale, Mm -hmm. you know, central themed characters for an entire codex we'll have to see right but i think the idea behind um producing hero based models that lead your army along with previous models that they have repackaged to put into new battalions is a decent idea um it utilizes inventory that they have that they you know bought back years ago uh but it moves the storyline forward along with different army ideas and diversifies what players currently have right i like it i like it All right, well, good stuff, man. We're going to be right back with Age of Sigmar 3.0, so hang around. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Age of Sigmar 3.0 and what to expect. That's what we're going to be talking about here. I mean, what to expect. And, and, and in a way, we're also going to be getting into a little bit of how to make it a better game in our opinion, some things we'd like to see. So, yeah. So if you're just joining us, this is our main topic for tonight's show. We're going to be talking about Age of Sigmar 3.0 and uh, the new edition that we know. We know it's already coming around the corner. I think we're going to be seeing this in 2021. That's our early prediction. Of course, we got Broken Realms. It's kind of hinted at that mm-hmm. and some of the activity in our cousin game of 40K. But... Let me just preface at this before we get rolling, because my co-hosts are are a lot smarter than I am with this. Trust me, folks. I'm just here for good looks and dirty jokes. That's really all I'm here for. Um, so it, it, the discussion this evening, I think uh, it's appropriate to discuss what we're all going to be see coming for Age of Sigmar down the road, which includes this, this 3.0 that we're going to be calling it. And to talk on what is coming for this version of the game, uh, then here later in the show, 
I think we're all going to pontificate. Is that a good word, guys, to use? Pontificate. I can throw that one out there. Uh, where we sure. think the game, where we think the game can be improved or made better with this new edition. Maybe some things we'd like to see added in or removed. And we're even going to talk about what we'd like to see happen uh, with AOS if we uh, if we had it our way. Yeah, I guess is that fair enough, guys? Is that a good way to to warm this topic up? Yeah, that sounds like it's a pretty good, solid backing right there. All right. Well, but 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 gang, here's what I want to throw out there. Early thoughts. Are we about due? I mean, as we stand right now, Age of Sigmar 2.0, this is where we're at. Fact. Let me ask you this as a broad question. Are we about due for a new edition of Age of Sigmar? You guys ready for it? What do you think? I think we are. I mean, we've had, what, two years under the 2.0 banner? Yeah, 2018, right. And we've seen... From the very beginning of that 2.0 banner to where we're at now, we have seen huge sweeping changes in the general handbooks and the rules and the removal of, I mean, just, we got a lot of things removed right. and added. And uh, yeah, I mean, this last general's handbook completely just gutting the artifact system in the game. But, you know, I mean, that that's a sweeping change. Okay. So, All right. You know, so, things like that. All right. So I like that. So, I mean, here's the thing. Um, Chuck, right back to you, man. Same, same, same question. You know, to I, you. I mean, I'm what are your thoughts? To, are, we, are we, are we due yeah, for a new gonna, one? You know, I think to the, to the best of my knowledge, you know, we're looking at about a two year cycle for AOS. Um, the first one, first edition came out in about 2015, right. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOS yeah. two came out about 2018 and we're hitting that two and a half year mark at this point. Um, provided COVID didn't back anything up, which I'm pretty sure it did by probably about three months. Oh, three, um, three to six you know, months. You know, we could have been looking at maybe three, a holiday three. release of AOS 3.0. Um, yeah. You know, I think what we're going to be looking at is a culmination of whatever books they want to get out before AOS 3 and possibly a, a 2021 release. Right. Uh, they're sort of teasing it at least, a, at least one new book, you know, hopefully Vampirates to come out. And I think that'll sort of sum up the the death lineup, hopefully, and we get a new, you know, 3.0 release. I think the Sons of Behemoth was a good release this year. I think it was one of their best models sold uh, for single release ever in the history of Games Workshop. So I just, yeah. I hope that sets the precedent oh, yeah. for something yeah. new in it. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, just checking the boards here, we, we, we got uh, Watcher Zombier 2010. He says, yeah, it's time to get better. You know, and I, and I you know, in, in, in a lot of, the, of what he just said and what you guys are saying, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. I, I think yeah. I think we have to develop the game and keep it going because you know what, if it's if it's not hot, it's not right. I mean, we gotta we gotta keep right. people interested. Right. Right. And you know, and let me go back to something that you said, Justin, because I kind of felt that I I I, I didn't want to brush over it before my ADHD took over and I took a left turn <laughs> at Albuquerque. But you know, when 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 and and Chuck, you kind of alluded to this too here, dude. So. When we talk about the history of the game and where we're at now and, and whether or not we need a new uh, version, which I agree with everybody, what we do. But let's let's walk this through here. The Realm Gate Wars, Malign Portents, the Soul Wars, Wrath of the Everchosen, uh, the vast ongoing story of the mortal realms. If you really think about it here, gang, has really in, in encompassed many great events. I mean, if you really right. think about it, I mean, to, to, to break it down, the Stormcast Eternals, and, and Chuck, you're going to love this one, man. And if I screw this up, let me know, because you're the real Stormcast golden boy here. But the Stormcast... Oh, yeah, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> the, the, Stormcast, <laughs> the Stormcast Eternals 
ushered in Age of Sigmar, <clears throat> sort of the bloodbound, poor corn guys, no one gives a shit about them. Uh, but but the Stormcast Eternals ushered in Age of Sigmar. Uh, they were driving back hordes of, of chaos and, you know, allowing civilizations to flourish and return to the realms and all that good stuff. Uh, and, and they really brought in the form of these realms to these great cities, i.e. cities of Sigmar. Then you got Nagash that came in, you know, he raised hordes of the deads to, you know, claim the realms for himself and ancient, you know, storm vaults, you know, full of long buried secrets were opened and, you know, cats and dogs are living together. And then, and now most recently, uh, chaos and death have been knocking chunks out of one another in the eight points, a la the story mm-hmm. that ties into uh, Warcry, right? Right. So... Yeah. I think I agree with everybody. I agree with you, Chuck. I agree with you, Justin. You know, uh, Jason Moss, I agree with you, buddy. And, and, and Watcher, Zombier, 2010. Dude, don't we have awesome – We people just have great names on, on, our, on our chats, man. These are great. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally agree that, uh, that we're, it, it's due time. And, and now it's time mm-hmm. for the next chapter, uh, a narrative event that will define the future of Age of Sigmar. And that's what I think, you know, I said it in last week's show, and I said it, uh, well, I hurt my back in that previous week, but the week before that, I said the same thing, that I think Broken Realms is a narrative campaign first, and I think it's exactly what we need. Gang, thoughts? You agree? Oh, no, you're, you're, you're definitely on the right, the right storyline there. I mean, you, you summed it up amazingly, because that's just the way it was. When we had the, the initial Soul War in the beginning, that was like, everything coming together and trying to, to take their little niches out in the world, figure out where they were going to stand. Right. Then you had malign sorcery and all that hit. And that's basically every faction in the world bidding for artifacts of power to make them more strong. And then all of a sudden you get the ever cho- wrath of the ever chosen and the eight peaks show up. And the one realm gate that literally leads to every single realm plane being fought over by death and chaos which then draws in the remaining order order factions, hence the birth of we have Lumineth showing up and all these other factions that were silent up until this point. And now you've 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 ripped the realms apart going into broken realms and you've awoken gods. And now you have the sons of Behemoth that show up. Right. So right. so your storyline is the way they're progressing it is not only bringing in factions that one didn't exist. But two is bringing factions of old back into the play that are, and saying, hey, you're part of this world. If you want it to survive, you better get your asses in gear. Yeah. All right. All right, Chuck. I mean, and what, I think, what are your thoughts there on that one, Chuck? I'm just going to go off with the, the only thing that can really bring this together is probably a new Stormcast book that would reintroduce oh, Sigmar as a gigantic model that would then go through and start killing everything. You know, he Chuck, takes why out. Have they, why uh, haven't you built one yet, folks? Folks, he, uh, he you know, Yamnon, he puts him finally in a burial chamber instead of as a mountain. I mean, honestly, he was just asleep, right? Uh, dormant for like a couple millennia. But um, I think about it. Stormcast Eternals has not been released since the first book in 2018. So essentially, it's two and a half years. We're overdue for one, really, because it should be about every year. Right, right. And you know, and I was just going to ask you that, Chuck. So you kind of you took a little bit of my thunder on that one. So I was going to ask you, so are you satisfied? 
are you are you I guess to a certain extent are you satisfied to where the story arc has has, has carried the Stormcast thus far? I mean, are, are you with with your with that's your you know army? What, with Marathi? Well, I'm just gonna say I do like that they reintroduce Marathi with new rules um, and sort of tangling it to these battalions, which include a couple other you know hosts or codexes. I think bringing order back to the forefront. Um, and I know Lumineth just got a book, but uh, I I feel that order needs to be you know taken care of. Well, okay. order, order that's, is that's what we need. Even though we've got new books, order, order order is always on the forefront of most of these stories. They're usually the ones that bumble into everything and stir up the dust, so to speak. You know, and then everything comes well, out they, of the work and, and bites them in the ass at, at some point or another. But you know, that being said, we see some pretty good stuff come out of that stirrup. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 Chuck, I got a question here on the boards that just came through. So, I'm, I'm going to ask this for for Watcher Zombie or 2010. This is what he says. So, so, Chuck, this is for you. So, is it time to release the Chambers books for Stormcast? That's for you, bud. Oh, that that's a, a good thought. Um, yes, I'm going to say it. It is time to to look at releasing the Chambers books so that you know Stormcast have legitimate options moving forward in AOS 3.0 because we know if we get a book before the drop of a major edition they're probably going to leave it alone for the most part uh, um, even if it's the start of a new a new edition or okay. a new codex that's released right, right but don't they have like four more four more uh, chambers that haven't been touched or something like that didn't they have like seven seven chambers? No, I don't think it was that many. I think, were, yeah. I think, I think, well, they they had seven chambers, but isn't isn't there still like like three or four that are that are that are in development or, right, Chuck, something like that. Yeah, I, I do. There's at least three. I, I'm forgetting I if there's there, a fourth. You know, uh, I would, I, I'm just a, like I'm we, just a numbskull ogre and 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 beast of chaos player. What the hell do I know? But but um, because I know they've opened four. They've opened four chambers already. Right. And I think there's three yes. left. Okay, so so I, I agree. I, you know, Chuck, I, I like the way you put that. I think that yeah, I do. I th I think that they need to release the chamber books. I I do. I do. I think they do that. But let's but let's reel it back here to keep the conversation going. Uh, so so here we are right now. Here we are right now with our somewhat still sort of new General's Handbook 2020, and on the cusp of Broken Realms, and ending the previous storyline of Malign Importance. Is that a safe way to put that? We're ending it, right? I think I think Malign Importance. We're done. Right. I mean, yeah. realm yeah, artifacts are gone. You know, I, I think I think that that's that's done and over with. Great story, but it's done. And, and I think we all agree that the Broken Realms is ushering in AOS 3.0. Totally agreed, everyone. Yep. All right. So so yes. here's where I want to go with this. With the General's Handbook thoroughly digested by most online commentators, uh, and and what we can see in the in the in the in in the upcoming future let me ask you guys what do you think we could what do you think the 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 void is in the future for age of sigmar what do you think we're going to be seeing coming up with what we currently have now with the ghb 2020 that we know is going to carry us through into the new broken realms um but what can we see in the void for the future for age of sigmar any predictions are you talking about what we think that book is going to pitch forward or yeah 
Yeah. Or in, okay. In, I mean, in, in general, or how about? I mean, look. Additionally, over over the the, the the next year, what else have they got to release for Age of Sigmar? Let's put it that way. Well, I think we're going to see an expansion on the Anvil of Apotheosis. Okay, so you think um, the Anvil I'm, of Apotheosis is the character generation? Okay. I think I think that might actually just get carried straight into 3.0, in all honesty, and stay I'd, there. I'd like to see them it, add it, that into Battle Tomes. Just because it was received so well. So I think what we'll see, or what I would like to see, following your note, is them pull the general rules into the main rulebook and then give every further upgraded codex yeah. point values that can be added to that anvil of apotheosis that are that are specific to the race. Okay. All right. All right. So, you so, know, that so, would be that, that would be something I would like to see for three point. So, so you agree with me that you would like to see all that? that you'd like to see the anvil of apotheosis put into the upcoming battle tomes for for three Right. Okay. Right. De- definitely. All right. Definitely. Chuck, that would be that would be there. Same same over blanketing question back to you, bud. So you know what do I see moving forward? Um, I one point that I have written down or wrote down is that I think we're going to see um, overall. Uh, changes to the base rules for behemoths similar uh, to what they did for um sons of behemoth with uh area control or having you know so many uh wounds or over rules that overrode what their base wound value uh counted as and so you know if we look at anything with like a behemoth or a monster special rule you know i think we could look at um it possibly counting for double its wounds value if it's a specific monster uh, you know, potentially getting us more uh, legitimacy to take the large monsters in our armies. Okay. Now, I like where you just said that, Chuck. How about this? Do you remember back in, in, in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, rank and plank, the unit strength? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Do, you, so, yeah. do you think they're going to bring back some form of unit strength? I mean, we're kind of already seeing that, right? With, you know, the, the ogres count as two models and, you know, uh, yeah. you know, stonehorns count as ten. Unfortunately, I think we are going to see it. Sorry, I think part of it is going to be, sorry, objectives. You know, if objectives require so many wounds within a radius or an area okay. to count as, you know, if we start seeing monsters count as 1.5 their wound value or double their wound strength, um, that could be something very important to uh, entice people to take or buy more large models. I would love to see monsters more on the table. Love it. Well, that's where I think, like I, High Class Wife Trash just said, I think monsters are going to get an overhaul, and I agree with him. I think we're going to see an overhaul when it comes to control values. So you're going to see, and I'm not to offend the ogre players out there. Hey, watch your mouth, think, bet you, you punk. I'm listening. But but I, I think that we're going to see where armies across the board are going to have control numbers or control values based on the size of the units or based on the wound values, like Chuck was saying. So your ogres count as two because they have X amount of wounds. So I could see things like chariots counting as two or, you know, the Stormcast Eternal, the Stormcast Eternals, uh, riders counting as two or three, you know, all of the different creatures and different sizings, depending on how many wound characteristic they have and how big their model base is, how much it, determining their area of control okay you know all right so you know and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of piggyback off of that one personally as a side note as an old gamer i'd love to see unit strength come back and i know that you know chuck and justin you guys a couple of old bastards like me that have been playing this game for a while you guys would probably love to see unit strength come back but you know where i think they missed the ball 
which when when it comes to my beloved ogre moth tribes, is I would have rather have liked to have seen them maintained the 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 occupancy or whatever or the secured objective rule based off of wounds remaining, right? Think about that. Uh, you know, I, I I would like to have I I think that would have been rather than amount of models, I think that would have cured a lot of problems. I think you know if you take one of these gargants with thirty five wounds. You know, the thing standing on, on you know, on a, on a for, for, on what I'm talking about is for monstrous infantry or for monsters themselves, behemoths. I think if, right. I think of those, if, if objective secured was totally based off of wounds and wounds remaining, I think that would have been a much better method than what they have now. But, you know, well, I mean, like like uh, Jason just said in the in the comments, he's ha- saying having 10 rats walk into an objective and steal it from a bloodthirster is stupid. Right or or and it, and it, and it is. It it, is it, I mean, it, abs- it absolutely is. Where the bloodthirster counts as one model on the objective, and you got ten little sneaky rats yeah. walk into the objective and go, "Nana, nana, this is ours." Okay, but and, uh, win, and, win, and win you the game. It's it's not it's not worth the players taking I'll, that. Big I'll tell mo- you. Mo- I'll tell you what happened to me in a real game. My butcher, my ogre butcher, who counts as two models, was winning one an objective over Manfred. Right. So, on a zombie dragon or a, whatever, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I actually claimed yeah. that objective because I had a butcher there that was two wounds or, or you know, right. or two models Count, counted as two points to the one. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't make sense in that regard just simply because you've got a large model there. You shouldn't lose control of the objective. I, that's where I kind of like the idea of, um, and I'm referencing off another game, but um, in conquest, their their objective holding capability for their game, anything that's deemed a light unit or something that would be standardized troop, like a sword and board kind of guy can't hold the objective. It's only medium or heavy units. So that zombie dragon would hold that objective, no matter what came into play with him, just simply because of his size. Right. And I, I, I got to, I, I kind of like that playing feature a little bit yeah. more than anything else. But I got to piggyback off something that, that, that Chuck so brilliantly, eloquently and wonderfully put up on the boards and it's written just beautifully. <laughs> it's almost like poetry. And yes, Chuck, I do take 300 nobblers to a game and that is one of the best objective secured units ever. You put 60 of those lovable, wonderful, immense, immensely incredible little bastards. You put those things on an objective. You take that tyrant, slap him on the ass with you know that 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 uh, bully to the first degree rule. I'm there all day, baby. I've got that one, and you know it. You want to know why? Because nobblers are the best. Yeah, because you uh, have the simple ability to sit there without having to take battle shock. Hey, which hey, look, which hey, I hate to tell you, but I think battle shock is one of the big things in the game I, that needs to be revamped. All right, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get there, but before everybody, I just want everyone to know before you start hating on my nobblers, you know, haters I'm be hating. Hate. Haters be hating. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> oh, Thank you. You're that's awesome. Hey, you know, also, you know, on the before we, you know, get on to another comment from you, Pat, about the changes in the game, not about Noblars. I do want to say, you know, looking back at how monsters have affected the game. Remember that when they did come out with uh, one of the old books from 8th edition that we had a stomp and thunder stomp rule for large models. Right. Mm-hmm. That could also be something or that they do try and look at, whether it's impact hits for monstrous cavalry as a general rule in addition to whatever other damage they can do. Okay. So that could be one of the things that you know we look at for uh, AOS 3.0. Yeah. Is that type of shift. 
Yeah, and, right. and 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 I love that. And let's let's stick a pin in that one because I want to kind of rear rear back and kind of finish a point that we that we that we that we kind of jumped over. Because when we're talking about releases, right? You know, Justin, when you're yeah. talking about the release, and 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 uh, uh, Chuck, when you guys were both talking about the release of the Sons of Behemoth and the development of those different armies, if you think about it, though, let's look at this. They meaning GW, right? They they've been trending, uh, the you know really a release almost every month is what it seems like for you know Karajan Overlords and Zeech and, and pretty much dedicated an entire quarter to those releases alone. I mean, even two yeah. weeks ago, uh, they gave us that that Karajan Overlord Bugman Brewery Special Edition guy that Justin you just said he's all sold out, right? Like, that says, yeah, he is he is yeah. sold out online, and unless you special ordered him, you're not getting him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to hunt for him, which right. But 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 sticking. It, sorry, it's almost gonna be like the Colonel guy that got released for 40k, right? That was was a free release to the stores. Yeah, you know you're gonna if this guy pops up on internet online for two hundred dollars a model, I would not be surprised. But but sticking with that, but sticking with that, and this ties into the releases, and I'm I'm gonna tie it right back to the point we just made about, uh, you know you know unit strength and all that kind of stuff. But but sticking that, we've already seen come out we 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 we've also seen the lumineth realm lords right that mm-hmm. was a that was a flop sorry elf players don't get pissed off me but it's a fact it was a flop uh and the sons of behemoth which was a quote-unquote huge release um as you just so awesomely said before chuck what was it you said it was the best release ever in 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 gw's the best single release of a of an individual box set that they had like on initial sales right but don't quote yeah I mean, and look, look at it this way. As far as as far as when we look at how the game is is changing, right? Let's take Sons of Behemoth right there, Chuck. Sons of Behemoth are essentially going to be the Imperial Knights of Age of Sigmar, and they're the last major release that we know of, uh, really, be, be, beyond the Lumineth Realm Lords at this point before the end of the year. Because I don't think we're going to see vampires, uh, you know, buy or before the, the 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 end of the year. All right, I got I got Giorgio T's man. I'm 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 kicking with my Lumineth. I get it, man. I get it. You know, it's an acquired taste, man. It's kind of like Schlitz beer. It's an acquired taste. I get it, man. I'm I'm you know what? They're just they're they're, they're I have not to say me. I'm on board with them as well, man. Because Lumineth rock, they're they're very strong. It's just they had a bad release cycle. I'm not mother effing the army. I'm just saying that they didn't. They, didn't, they, they stumbled out of the gate. You know, everyone's kicking the crap out of me, man, for having an opinion. All right, but let's but let's here's the thing. Let, let me no, you're a pad. I mean, you've got a kind of a point there. It was a delayed release, and and it's almost like the army is. Uh, it's, it's what? Say it again. I was I was gonna say like the, the army itself is almost a tactical army to play. I and I don't know if that's what you're gonna say. So I don't know if I, I and I know that the army is kind of leaning more towards that high elf vibe, but with right. techless in it. Right. Um. Right. And that was sort of uh. You, you had to like high elves in the in the historical past of that itself. Right. But it's similar to Marathi. I mean, it's gonna appeal to the new book coming out. Will appeal more towards those older dark elf snake players that. Right. Uh, you know, have the older models and bought a little bit into it. You know, this is going to sort of suck them up into that new book. So, um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I a, definitely agree with you there, t- Chuck. Sorry. Yeah, and and you know, and, and let's stick with that point there because let's talk about let's stick with the elves here. You know, because now again, I mean, we're 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 talking about we're talking about three releases and what we think is going to be coming down the pike. I'm hearing very strong whispers here, gang. I'm hearing very strong whispers that Malarian is to return before the new edition. So we're going to get Malarian before Age of Sigmar 3.0. And mm-hmm. we, we've got to take into consideration of the impact 
in the real world of obviously what's happening right now with COVID-19 and all this crazy stuff happening, obviously everything is about, you know, three to four months behind schedule. And the only thing they, yeah. they, they kept on schedule was uh, the 40K Indominus release. Uh, that launch, much. yeah, that launch party was what July, August, or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember anymore. But, but uh, they've just got a lot of orders to fill. So I, I, I kind of think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like the the short order cook that that backed into the blender. He just got behind in his orders. I think that's where they're at right now. Right. And in in terms of what's immediately next, Malarian, I think is going to be back by the end of the year. I think. You know, I, I want, and, and this is where I, I'm, I'm kind of going to eat my words here a little bit because I said I didn't think anything was coming out until or anymore before the end of the year. But now that I kind of remembered some of the rumors I was hearing about Malarian, I may have to change my prediction and say that I think we're going to be seeing that as a Christmas release. Thoughts on that, guys? What do you think? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be through Marathi. Before, I mean, we got Marathi hitting this week. Don't get me wrong; everybody's right. got their is getting their hands on that book, and we're going to see that already. But, but I don't think we're going to see him until next year. Well, but 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 Chuck, how about this? Let me let me throw this at you off of what Justin just said. Don't wouldn't you want to strike yeah. while the iron's hot? Where there's Malarian, where there's Marathi, there's Malarian. That right? Right. I think those two ran in the into each other in the dark world or something like that. Historically, right. uh, he was what the god of shadow or the king of the shadows, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? If if they released him, uh, that's another that that would be like a a godlike model that would be eight inches tall. I mean, people would eat that up and want to buy it, even right. if it's a hundred dollars. I think that I would mean, be a huge Christmas boom. I mean, I, I don't know what battalions they would release with him offhand besides Dark Elves or, or whatever old world stuff they would bring back into it. I mean, he was chaotic, wasn't he? No. No, no, no. no. He was, no. Well, in the, in the old world, he was Dark Elf. He was evil. So He was evil. He was, he was chaos, but, but he wasn't. He was evil. Uh, but uh, do, you, do you seriously think they're going to put him before they do vampires, though? I, I kind of do. I, I well, I, I do because I, I don't. I don't see vampires fitting the storyline coming out. I, I just. I think. I think they're going to strike while the iron's hot. I think. I think some of the rumors that I've heard and some of the things that, that are kind of whispering out there on, on the boards. I think we're going to see Malarian maybe by Christmas. Well, I know we're. I know we're looking at you know ascension into basically godhood for Marathi is what we're trying to get to, right. uh, or she's right. trying to get to, and that's messing with the Elven pantheon. Sure. So you you kind of set me on a mindset here of if we have Malarian hitting, maybe Tyrion's hitting at the same time, and possibly they'd be a joint box set. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's because now you're 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 into that storyline of upsetting the pantheon. Well. All right, you know Chuck, what I mean? So, what do you so think going about off that? going off of that. Okay. Chuck, any thoughts on that? I, you know, I mean, if if the iron's hot, Marathi sells good, Malekith could be I, I mean, it could be that continuation of they're they're trying to get one more release before the holidays hit. Yeah, right. They do one or two quick pre orders in November so people get models by December. Yeah. It's either going to be it's either going to be that or vampires that hit. I mean, I think yeah, we're looking I, at, but you know, Malekith or Morathi going into Malekith. I mean, you know, that Chuck, kind of makes yeah. some sense 
happens, right? I, I think it does. And, you know, I love the fact that you're still calling him Malekith because I really wish it was still his name. I mean, Malarian, fine, right. but, you know, it doesn't have the same oomph as 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 Malekith. But at any rate, so 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 I digress. But here it is, gang. I mean, we know that AOS 3.0 is likely going to be coming early, you know, to maybe mid to late first quarter of 2021. I, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive of that. And it seems like that they've geared up for that. And we already know that through Broken Realms, some of the things they've been releasing and, and some of the stuff we've already talked about at this point. And they did the whole Psychic Awakening thing at the end of 40K to update most of the codexes for the new edition. So only minor changes were really going to be necessary. Frankly, guys, I think they need more subtle changes to Age of Sigmar as... Uh, as it is in a in a in a pretty good place at the moment in terms of core rules, I will say that I think mm-hmm. I think we're in the best version of the game, the the renaissance of this game. I think I'm going to say that the community, though, uh, I think are are certainly a lot more laid back with Age of Sigmar, which is a good sign. You don't see nearly as much gamer bitching as you've seen in the past. Right. Um, but I think. Um, I think a, a, a more broad tournament scene, which we lost out on because of COVID, would be a better telltale sign of where the game really is at. But I think um, I think things are in a good place. But given how, let me ask you this: before before we we we, we get into our 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 pontification for what we want to see in 3.0, let me ask you guys this: given how they foreshadow the rule changes in the battle tomes. You know, what can we see in the future based on the current sets of battle tomes? What do you I mean? Cherry pick a couple of ones, you know, maybe Maggot King or something like that. What do you guys see uh, as far as rule changes in battle tomes? You know, what can we see in the future based on the current set of battle tomes that we have? What do you guys think are going to going to come out of that? Because this is going to this is going to warm us up for when we come back from break on our next topic for the for what we'd like to how, to, how we think is going to be a better game. Well, I mean. The things I'm seeing coming battle tome wise is we're seeing harder hitting units with less armor and less durability and not a lot of staying power. So stuff's dying so much quicker than okay. it used to. So, so it's becoming more of a melee based game. You think it, well, I don't think it's being just a melee base. I think they've balanced they're they're balancing the book on it between melee and shooting. But I mean, in general with the Ren characteristics that are coming out of left field, I mean, things having two, three or more rend on them, and not a whole lot of again and again saves, yeah. Because they remove, they mean remove that in the general's handbook. So you're fielding larger horde armies. So we're getting back to that, or it seems like we're kind of getting back to that. Okay, thirty plus models per unit, but then you're seeing that thirty plus models per unit hit right and disappear. Yeah. So okay. like you're taking you're taking these large core units of models, and they're they're almost like speed bumps to the larger stuff that's in the backfields. And even the stuff in the backfields is just to get obliterated. I mean, hell look at the bone reapers, uh, catapult. Sure. This thing fires four shots at five wounds a piece. All right. Well, I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's 20 wounds. That's wiping a unit off the table. If it all, if everything hits. All right. I like, I like the way you put that, man. I mean, Chuck, Chuck, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Justin, that was a perfect way to put it. Chuck, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to kind of go on that tangent. Look at the Sons of Beamon. I mean, we have three different giant types, Mega Gargans, that can do 18 to 35 wounds apiece. And some of those wounds are mortal. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you run a giant in with some of the battalion-specific abilities that add plus one to wound, plus one attack, I mean, you're looking at, like, 20-some attacks that are multi-wound each if they go through. Yeah. the ability to completely wipe out the 30-man unit is there. 
it, you know, it just comes down to, you know, the tactics the player chooses or uh, the scenario in which they're put into. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm also watching, I watched, a, um, I watched a battle report with the new rules for the Leviathan right. just a, just a couple of days ago. And that thing has become tankier as all hell, especially with the new void drum rules and everything else. Sure. I mean, a, t- a yeah. two plus armored turtle coming across the table that's slapping you with the possibility of six mortal wounds per fin a hit for everything it rolls. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. This thing can wipe out units on its own now. Right. And so it, it never had that ability before. What's the Seraphon model that has a two up save and uh, is that's, re-rollable? The, the, the Bastilodon has a one plus that's save. Has a one up. It ignores rends of up to two, and it basically yeah. until you put three wounds on this thing, which the only way you're going to put wounds on it is mortal because it has no mortal wounds capability or right. save capability. This thing is literally going to be sitting there. If you've got a wizard that can heal it, or it's sitting next to something like, say, the preumbral engine, you know, right. these are firing twice, doing massive amounts of damage getting re-rolls yep. to their armor and they're not going anywhere. Right. Yep. Right. Right. So there, there's that possibility. And, and, you know, I have fought up against that, that stinking model multiple times. And I, <laughs> there is just no way sometimes to eat through that armor save. Right. And no. if armies don't have the mortal wound output, they can't take care of it. Yeah. That's, you know, guys, those are awesome points. And I, I think, I think we're going to see. <laughs> But no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, these are things that we have to look at where the game is at now, which is exactly what we've done. But some of these developments, like we talked about with, with, you know, the, with, with, um, you know, the, the, the turtles, uh, the, 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 the Deepkin, um, and the, Ser- the Seraphon, I think, I think these are right. things that we're going to see only grow and expand upon coming up in, in, in Age of Sigmar 3.0. And we're going to be definitely talking about that. We're going to specifically when we come back from break. We're going to be talking about what to expect with this game and, 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 and what we want to do to make it, uh, to make it better. And, and as far as, uh, Iron Jaws here on the board says, you know, no way Malarian's out this year. I'll take that bet. You bastard. I bet we're going to see the, uh, you know, the, the, the dark prince himself, man, we're going to see well, that would be Slanesh. That, that's not him. Malarian, Malekith, whatever his new name is, he's coming out this year, man. I'm, 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 I'm willing to take that bet. All right. We're going to be right back with, uh, with the rest of our predictions with age of Sigmar 3.0. Be right back. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. 
Age of Sigmar 3.0. We are uh, we are back to talk about this coming off from the break and and you know you know here's here's what I want to say my my two cohorts here my compadres man my co-hosts man they were just going back and forth with their opinions so so they're already warmed up to take this part two of uh, what would you like to see come up in third edition Age of Sigmar 3.0 but you know but because I got to say this because I got to calm my two cohorts down man you know you guys on the boards everyone listening you guys got them all riled up man these guys are out of control I got to try to control these guys through the show man we're trying to we're trying to put on a show here these guys are these guys are completely coming unglued you guys okay justin chuck can we continue yeah we're 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 good we're good we're just we're reading the boards and uh all right we're we're agreeing we're agreeing with certain aspects of what we're seeing all right so 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 let me let me let me say this part first here because when, when when we talk about what we'd like to see change in our game uh you know what what we're really you know sometimes saying is this is all about trying to find a way to avoid risk, right? I mean, if you really think mm-hmm. about it, I mean, again, it, it, it's very personal, but a dice game without risk is boring to me, period, right? And I, I think I think that's the, the preface set of a lot of the angst that people have in their opinions of the game. You know, for instance, that's why I think the, the techless rules are rather boring. Okay, I'm not still mother-effing Lumineth Realm Lords. I'm not. I'm just saying. I think the techless rules are boring. <laughs> now, let me say this, but Nagash with plus four uh, can at least roll snake eyes to fail so that there's some enticement there. And I'm super glad that the encounter dispel scroll was not a sign of every army getting them. So these are things that we can talk about that transpired that we already know that that happened in 2.0 that I think were positives regardless of the fact. But I think every time we talk about what we want to see happen in the game or an advancement of the game, what we're really saying deep down as gamers is we want to mitigate that risk, right? So with all that out of the way, let's roll on with our predictions, wish lists and and bitching, shall we? You know, gang, Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's, let's get rolling. So for all of you guys that are just joining us, and I saw a couple of people pop onto the boards, you know, we all we all know uh, it's inevitable, right? We all know that AOS 3.0 is is right around the corner. And let's discuss some things that could be done to make the game better for everybody. So I'll, I'll repeat what I'm saying. Let's discuss some things, our opinion, our thoughts, our input on what could be done to make the game better for everyone. And, and to my co-host and everyone listening, you know, let, let me give you an example here. For instance, and, and I'll start with the low-hanging fruit one. Should there be a change to the double turn? Oop, I just said it. Okay, I, I touched a nerve, but here it is. I'm going to throw this out there to you guys. Justin, Chuck. Chuck, I'm going to throw this one to you first. You oh. Know, should, should, should there be a change to the, to the double turn? Let's start there. Yes. <laughs> I... So, so I'm an old school player. So, uh, like a lot of other people uh, that are listening right now, and um, I, I do believe that we should have uh, more issues if someone gets double turned. Okay. Uh, and this way, it's it's just to the effect of you know if I went first the last turn, but I. I get double turned or, or whatever it is, like the one in six chance to automatically go first. I don't think that's enough. I think there needs to be more mitigation to not encourage the double turn, such as uh, changes in point values for objectives or something to that effect. Okay, so that, I like where you're going with that. Okay. So, and, and only because I've been on the bad end of the double <laughs> turn so many times. Right. And 
then on the other side of that, when I'm playing against someone in a, a tournament and it's round three or four on day one, uh, one or two, and I do a double turn against someone, and man, it really feels good to get the double turn. Yeah. But I know what it feels also to be on the opposite end of that. You're like, crap. Yeah. Like the my the statistical probability of me doing well in this game has just sunk like the Titanic. I'm right. split in half, and half the ship is sinking. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean, and, and exactly. So, 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 in your opinion, you'd like to see the double turn, you know, kind of change in 3.0. I mean, I, and I get it. I'm right there with you, and, and I like the points you made. But, Justin, what are your thoughts, man? Well, double turn. Personally, personally, I don't like the double turn either. Um, well, I actually well, don't Ch- like I don't it. Think, I, don't, I don't think I, Chuck said he didn't like it. But So, you're saying you're taking the hard I stance. I don't like I actually, I actually taking the hard stance. I don't like it at all. Okay. I think it's a, I think it's a bullshit mechanic in the game. Yeah. And, and I will take that stance just because – it's an unfair advantage to somebody who gets it. There's no way to counter it. There's no way to stop it. And sometimes there's no way to come back from it, especially in a turn, say yep. turn two to turn three, double turn. It, it bites you in the ass, you know, or prime example, if you're playing, I'm, I'm just going to use carrot on overlords as an example here, just because it's the easiest way. If they get a double oh. turn, they hit you, they blow you up, they bounce, and then they do it again. Okay. I mean, it's it's not yeah. a fair it's not a fair mechanic to the other player who swarmed them on their turn, and then all of a sudden that double turn comes around, and they're gone. Okay. You know. All right. So, so it's okay. I think that it, I think it's one of those things that if they're gonna keep it, there needs to be there needs to be either mitigations against it, like if you get a double turn, you know, you you don't score as many points or. You, you don't get an extra CP generation or something of that manner. Things things that make it to where, yeah, you got the advantage on your, your opponent. You jumped them, so to speak. But you're not getting all your advantages. Okay. And I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I've, – I've heard you both, and I get it. And I'm going to have to also kind of agree here with, with Georgie Ortiz on this one because he's on the boards, and he said, he said yeah, you know, he, he can see why people hate it, and so do I. But I'm, I'm one of the oddballs. I'm one of the weirdos. I feel, Chuck, you're right in the middle between, between Justin and I. I like the double turn, but I get it. I get why people kind of get all bent out of shape. So here's what I would say to this. And I've thought about this listening to you guys. I would say if they want to keep it in 3.0, if they want to keep the double turn in 3.0, maybe do a 40K thing and and at least give the other player a chance to help mitigate it, like you were saying, like roll a six to steal it from them. You know, maybe you could steal the double turn by, by rolling that. Maybe give that person that dice, that, that gambler's chance of uh, pulling it out of their out of the, out of the possession of their opponent. Or how about how about this? I'd like greater thought on how the priority roll can be uh disincentivized if that's a rule what what i mean is like take the blades edge scenario and i thought about this while 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 chuck was talking this one popped into my mind and um basically with 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 the blades edge scenario the mechanics you know to, to 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 make going second are more appealing for that player in the blades edge scenario so therefore it, it, it kind of nullifies or neuters in a in a way the 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 angst you'd have for that double turn you know the blades edge uh in that scenario is a great scenario with you know if you guys don't know what it is i'll just give you a brief it's got six objectives and the player who goes second chooses to remove one of the objectives from the battlefield it's a great mechanic in my opinion and i think it forces you to make a tough choice so yeah i agree with you guys i think there's ways that um 
A, I'd like to see the, the, the initiative role stay in the game, but I agree with everybody. I think that, uh, that it needs to be mitigated in some fashion. So, well, I just thought of an idea. I mean, as I'm reading the comments that are coming up as they go, just as I'm sure you are, if they were to do keep the turn, the double turn mechanic in place, but on the initiative role, say maybe put a, a minus or a plus to whoever controls the most objectives. And that adds to their object to their initiative role. Yeah, that could be that could be a little. I could see where that could get pretty. Ex- you, that could get exploited. But I, I understand where you're going. I get it. I right, get it. but but if both, but if both sides are holding three objectives, there's no bonus. If one side's holding four, it's like a plus one. So you 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 know it gives it where you're basically forcing those objectives as part of the you're forcing the objectives into the game, not only as the idea behind what's getting you the next the possibility of that next round. Right. But it's, it's giving you that idea. Okay. Is we actually hold more of the battlefield. So we are on the, on the output or the advantage, you know, okay. you know, well, it, it was, then, then let me, let me say this because this, I just, I, I, I remembered something. I actually overheard two guys talking at a, at a, at a game store once and one, and, and one guy recommended the other one. They were kind of, you know, doing what we're doing. They were talking about the double turn, kind of bitching about it. And one guy commented that, that players should roll off for the first turn. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the role winner picks who goes first instead of decided by drops. Right now, I I thought that was kind of a novel idea because um, I I thought it was a good idea because I I think it stops that silly race to the bottom, and, and I think it, it could help balance the game a lot. But but again, I, that that's kind of an offshoot of what we're talking about here. But I think again, it reminded me of something that was that that I that I thought about when we were talking about you know mitigating. Uh, you know, that, that double turn. So that's why I wanted to start the conversation off with, with that one. Cause I've got, I've got a few things that I'd like to see happen in, in, in 3.0. I kind of, uh, I kind of like what high class white trash said here is that you do all the scoring is done at the end of the battle round. So that would be both sides. Yeah. I think that's so a fantastic how, way to do it. Yeah. So however, however the field sits, once both players have done their turn, that determines your score for the turn. Okay. That actually, that would actually make the double turn less viable. Because it wouldn't matter because you're getting scored at the end of the turn versus at the end of your phase. All right. I kind of like that one. Right. I do. I kind of like that one a lot. I mean, so Chuck, what do you think? I mean, what what would you – anything you'd like I, to add or, or, or piggyback off, the, you know, 3.0, what would you like to see? So there, There's a rush to take multiple battalions and have low drops in an army, correct? So that yeah. you can make – Yeah. Go first. Well, what if you had a high deployment or high drop army that – uh, if it deployed last, would receive a bonus to the turn roll on a turn-by-turn basis, or you could receive multiple plus ones for that die roll on what turns you chose. Ah, now, interesting. That's... So the incentive would be to have more drops, maybe even be MSU, and psych your opponent out with, if they're choosing to try and go first, you would elect to have the plus one on your die roll before the dice even dropped. Okay. I like it. That one's kind of cool, Chuck. That one's kind of yeah, neat. That's, that's, that's a good idea. So let's let's move off of the whole initiative start of the game thing. Let me throw something at you. Let me just, just kind of pick something, you know, right out, right out of the air. And I'm going to kind of go back to old school here because I'm, I'm an old dice chucking bastard. So here it is. First, if I'd, the first thing I think I'd like to see in, in our new 3.0 
I'd like to see spells be allowed to have multiple casts per turn. I, I, I would. I kind of miss a little bit of the, the aura of the magic. I'd, I'd like to see that happen. Um, you know, and, and what I mean by that when I say multiple castings per turn is if the previous attempts failed, sometimes you really just need one spell to go off and, and, and you know, you get snake eyes, right? There, there aren't nearly as many magic rerolls available as there are, say, combat rerolls. So I would just say let's let's unleash the magic a little bit, and and and, and I guess to kind of piggyback that because I can kind of I kind of see Jay, you know Justin got a little concerned there when, when when I said that. I mean, but but going on what I said about magic, at the very least, maybe bring back miscasts and the irresistible force. I'd like to see that kind of come back, uh, guys. I mean that, that that's my first one. I'd like to see maybe with with AOS 3.0. Okay, okay. so. Yeah, let's okay. Let's take your multiple castings, but when you elect to cast a spell a second time, you incur a worse chance for miscast. How about that? Or the spell becomes even more difficult to cast because I, like I think it. the problem we're gonna see if you put that rule out there with no uh, pitfalls, let's say you're gonna see Slans, Croak, and Nagash in every army. I got you. So I I, I like it. Seven spells to shoot at you, and they're gonna get whatever the heck they want off all the time. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And you know, Jason Moss, bravo, man. No, bravo, no, bravo. no dice, pools. dice pools, no dice pools, <laughs> dice no pools. dice pools. Yes. <laughs> so, 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 Justin, Justin, you, you look like you're you look like you're ready to puke in your boots, man. What what did I what did what did what did Chuck and I say, man? We're just talking magic here. Come on, Justin. You know, all right. You know, I Jason no Moss problem. didn't do anything wrong. I have no problem with them unleashing <laughs> spell base and having having wow. having a risk and reward system for spells. Okay, you know I, I would love to see uh, a wizard who is studied in fire, you know, and I'm using cities of Sigmar here, but I would love to see a fire mage having the access to three, four, five different spells, maybe six different fire base spells, you know, like they had in the old old days. But like Chuck was saying, yeah. if you if you if you louse a spell. And you screw up, the next one you cast is harder. Yeah, you, maybe it's a yeah. negative one you, to your cast, uh, or 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 if you know, because right now a lot of the spells are going off on five sixes and sevens. You which know, is if, easy. Which is easy if you screw yeah. up. If you screw up the cast, maybe it goes from a five six or seven to a seven eight nine. So you're adding like a minus two to the cast. Or something yep. like that. Okay. All right. You know, something so it's you, you have the risk and reward, but the closer you push and then adding a piggyback there, like you were saying with the with the the ultimate casting or the or the miscast. Right. I think there should be the, some form of there should be some form of thing for failing for failing a, a um a spell. Right. There should be there should be some kind of risk and reward. Okay. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna cast multiple spells, maybe have it where there's a charge engine or something like I don't know if that's the right word, but if you cast like three spells in a row, maybe at that point you have to roll three dice, and if you get doubles or triples, you take mortal wounds. Yeah. Okay. Because you've well, built well, up so yeah, much yeah, yeah, power yeah. that you've just yeah. yeah so, you know, so that's you, like you, what you, I said before, bringing back irresistible force or miscasts but, and all but, that kind of stuff, right? Well, right, but not doing it like on a double one is that or a double twelve. I, I'm saying like, say you cast fireball twi three times in a row on three different units. Okay. Well, at the yep. end of that casting, you roll three dice for every double or triple. You roll for every double, basically for every consensual dice, you take a moral wound. Just. Yep. 
automatically okay. because right. you you've used so much power to throw these fireballs. All right, so let's let's we, keep the let's keep the wheels turning. Yeah, you got a perfect point. So let's keep the wheels turning here. How about this one? Uh, unless unless you guys have any wish lists because I got I got one right on the tip of my tongue that I want to throw out there. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you throw them and then I'll just review them. All right, all right, Chuck, is that cool? <laughs> review them. <laughs> yeah. How do you like yeah, that? How do you like that? All right, so we're about, trying to support you, Dad. <laughs> but you, you, you know what? You know what I do miss, and I've missed this since the beginning of Age of Sigmar. Challenges. Think about this. In, in, if, if, if Age of Sigmar 3.0, if somehow challenges in close combat could come back and work, I'd like that oh. a lot. I mean, no idea how it could be implemented at this point, but but it'd be worthwhile, and I, and I and I'd like it all the same. I mean, here's the thing, and and here's the here's here's the part that I have mixed emotions on. I, I also honestly think. You shouldn't be able to. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into my my next thought about that. But I think challenges should come back. But let me let me kind of leapfrog over that one because I I don't really know how that one can come back. But I'd love to see challenges. But here's one that really kind of bothers me right now, and it's shooting, right? And it's kind of what you started to talk about a little while ago, Chuck, before you got cut off. Yeah. And 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 I have mixed okay. em, I have mixed emotions on this. And and guys, we all know what what I'm what my definition of mixed emotions is. It's kind of like watching your brand new Cadillac go over a cliff with your mother in law in the back seat. You know, mixed emotions. The true definition. But I also honestly think you shouldn't be able to shoot if you if you're in combat. Uh, you know, to to me, it just seems a bit much. You know, you got you got this whole melee. Your assholes and elbows. You're fighting everything. You're killing people with rocks and deer antlers and knives. And then all of a sudden, you think you're going to take a bow and pull it back, and I'll shoot you in combat, and then attack you with my melee weapon as well. I I don't think that that or there should be some severe penalty like negative one or something like that. If you're in combat, you should you should have something to mitigate that in combat. What do you guys think? Well, I would agree with you on the negative one, but, you know, being able to fire pistols and, you know, hand crossbows and things like that in close combat would still be something that would happen. So, I mean, I, yeah, and Skaven did shoot into combat all the time, Chuck. I, I see your post yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's... But I'm talking... No, I'm not talking about shooting take, into combat. The, the Skaven used to shoot into friendly, you know, with, where, the, where, their, where their own army was right. fighting somebody. What I'm talking about is is you got ogres you're, you're, fighting Stormcast. There should be no... There should be no adjudicators should pull a bow back and shoot an ogre in the middle of combat, I don't think, without some kind of penalty. Well, that's... I, I, that's where I'm saying. I think. I think. I think you're. I think at that point they sim- You're. You're looking at what they did is they simplified shooting down to the point where it was just notch an arrow, let it fly. It, no minuses, no nothing, unless it was for range or cover or whatever. But that was all done on the save end of it. So I think if shooting into combat should add a cover. Okay. Ability. But, and I and I get what you're saying, Justin. Okay. I mean, I know shooting isn't broken in 2.0, but but in my opinion, it makes sense that you shouldn't you should be punished if you shoot arrows into units that you're are literally in melee range with. You know, you're you're, you're fighting them. There should be at least some kind of a negative one or something like that. There. So there is a current rule though with. Um, a unit that is in combat can only shoot the unit that it's in combat with. So right. they do right. try and address that with AOS 2.0, correct? A little bit. Well, right. Yeah. They, they made it where you had to shoot the, the unit that was you were engaged with. Yeah, but what are you, you going to do? Yeah, you know, could, hold but, that, hold that axe throw a minute. I've got to shoot over here. You know, it's it, it just the whole thing just doesn't I, it doesn't jive well in my brain. How about this one? How about this one? Since okay. we're talking about shooting, I think you should. I think there should be. Remember back in seventh and eighth edition. 
or maybe it was sixth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, where you, you also got punished if you shot arrows into units that are within melee range of your own troops. So if you, if you like Skaven, if you shot into your own troops, you had to roll those random dice. You know, how many were, you know, like the random shots could also potentially hit your own troops yeah. if you shot out of, you know, into combat. I think that should be part of the game, and I hope that's part of 3.0. I really do. Well, yeah. right, but I think I think at that point you're getting a little bit of rules bloat there. So, you, yeah, and, and I do agree with you, Pat. I do yeah. agree that there should be some kinds of negatives or things for shooting into a combat that, you know, you're you have your own you have your own troops vested in, or you know your guys that are in combat shooting at the opponent that they're fighting. There should be some forms of negative because you know you're like you said you're not going to knock a bow back and put an arrow into somebody's eye while they're swinging an axe at you. Right. You know, I mean, you know, but the same thing can be said for melee combat as well. You know, if you got a unit of heavily armored clad of uh, foot soldiers coming across, swinging shields at you and knocking you around and pushing you yep. back, you shouldn't be able to hit them on a three. Well, okay. because, well, that, because that, you're, you're you, there, there, there's no minuses in the melee side of it either. Yeah, but I think we're mixing the soups here a little bit. I think I think you can understand a little we, bit we, where, we, where you've we, got where you got are. Prius, Marshall Prius, you'd be able to do things, but not going to bow back or a crossbow or something like that. I mean, okay, Chuck, what are your thoughts on this then? Uh, we're we're kind of rolling downhill at this one, but all I have to say is Legolas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they're going <laughs> to some type of. Where he can sh- like run down an elephant's ear and shoot four shots into an orc uh, adjacent to him, um, you know you're going to have to come with some type of general ruling. I think the days of just shooting into the unit you're in combat with are over, are done. Uh, so whether it is a, a, a further negative one or some type of penalty, uh, I think it should be allotted, but there should be some type of uh, you know negative to shooting into combat if that's what you're choosing to do. Um, similar to the other things we were talking about. If you're trying to go into the magic and revamp the magic and cast multiple spells, there needs to be a penalty or, or a gamble. Okay. It, you know, potentially kill units right. that are in combat with the opposing unit. Uh, do wounds to yourself if you're trying to cast a spell a second and third time because you fail or because you successfully casted it. Maybe that should be an option. You successfully cast a spell, well, then you have the opportunity to do it again at a penalty, but... You know, it's a good spell, so why not try a second time? Chuck, that is right. a great point, and you just jogged something out of my brain when you when you were talking about when you when you readdressed magic. How about this sure. one? How about this one? That is a real bite in my ass. I can't stand this. Predatory endless spells. Let me talk about this. Let me let me let me let me do this one. And look, Ju- okay. Justin's already to dive out of his chair. Look, I would like to see in three make it so predatory endless spells don't have the potential to change controllers between turns. That that really bites me in the ass. So, so here's my thoughts on this, and 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 a conclusion on this one. You're already paying points for using the spell, and when they swap sides, it just tends to mean people only cast them when they're 100% safe to use for their own purposes. It also tends to make high-powered spells unattractive to take since they don't fit into spare points at the end of, say, building an army. But the potential to swap sides limits their effective use, in my opinion, in things that I've seen in games. So here's what I would like to see in in AOS 3.0. Instead of alternating activations, it would basically fit better in my the way I think here, guys, if the player has to roll one dice for each of the endless spells and then say on a, I don't know, a 3+, plus, they control it, 
while on, say, a one or two, the opponent controls it. That way, I think the opponent wouldn't, uh, you know, I guess wouldn't have to, you know, half the endless spells. You know, you wouldn't have to pay for a, a, an endless spell that you potentially can only use half or less of the time in a, in a, in a game. You know, so or or only having one on the field. That's my thought on none of the spells. And, and, well, you, and to go to go off of that, that's why people don't take them is because it yeah it it's that control factor. Yeah. So it, they come out with mind sorcery and the and the other box set for endless spells, and they've got every endless spell out there for pretty much almost every new book coming out, which is another forty dollars to spend. But if it's not worthwhile, I'm probably not going to take the predatory endless spell, which then makes me not buy a forty dollar box set. So if your goal is to enfranchise people to uh, empower themselves and and take those spells, you need to encourage it. Okay, yeah, but but so so that that's what jogged my memory when you brought up magic on that. So so thank you, Chuck, for doing that because that, that the the endless spells to me the endless spells are what the 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 uh, the initiative role is to 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 Justin. Well, see, and yeah. I had when you said your the way of you, how you could counter an endless spell, well, it jogged a little bit or made me think of what a, a way I thought we could do it was for endless spells. You could do, um, we used to have magic duels okay. in the game. Right. So if you had a high powered spell on the table, each, and you had, say, two wizards within range. So our current range is 30 inches. If both do, you have a wizard in each range, you roll a dice and you roll it against your opponent. Whoever rolls the highest controls it. Now you can make that very that system work very straightforward for your advantage. For every wizard that you have in support of that thirty inch, you get a plus one. So both both people roll a die six to say to see who controls the endless spell. And if you have two wizards to your opponent's one, you have a plus one. Oh, okay. So you're going back to almost like fourth and fifth edition. Okay, right. The old power struggle. All right. So. So I've got that purple sun of Zerus flying across the table at you. You're within 30 inches. I got one wizard. We roll a dice to see who controls it for the turn. All right. Chuck, I cut Point you off. What you were you going to say? You know, I was going to say, like, when you revisit stuff from 4th and 5th edition, that is what a lot of people have not played yet. So it, it's almost like, you know, uh, trying that old shot or that old whiskey that you did when you were 15 and you're now 36 uh, it tastes so much better when you're 36. Right. It, it, un- unless it's purple passion, that stuff. I or wow. Remember that? Remember that garbage? Right, anyway, all right, moving on. So okay, let me let me throw <laughs> let me throw one last one at you. Uh, that 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 that's sure. another one that I would like to see fixed, and that's battle shock phase. I, I think that one probably maybe we should have talked about earlier on, but um, I myself am particularly displeased with with the implementation of the inspiring presence. And and I and I've suggested before that alternating it to to use the leadership of nearby heroes would mitigate some armies' issues somewhat. I get that somewhat. However, my thought yeah. on is, you know, other people have also pointed out that certain armies would be hit very hard and and possibly unfairly by this change. So, in in to me, in regards to having the reworked inspiring presence to use, say, a single command point. Uh, and, and then give the 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 option to use a maybe a second for an auto pass might be an interesting alternative, maybe an additive. So what what I'm saying is, and I'll, I'll kind of repeat what I'm saying for 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 that is you know rework inspiring presence so that you can use say a single command point and then you know uh, maybe given the option of of a second one for say an auto pass might be uh, an interesting alternative. 
I think this would allow high bravery, you know, elite armies to more readily pass using a single command point and make lower bravery horde armies have to think more strategically about their, their use of command points. So in other words, they could use two command points to auto pass is what I'm trying to say. I think that would um, solve a lot of the battle shock angst because I've seen a lot of games people talk about all the time. Oh, games are won and lost with the initiative. I've seen games lost on battle shock, man. So, um, Guys, did, did, did I am I off my mark on that one, or what do you think? No, you're not. Um, the only but I have on that is I personally don't like Battleshock. I think that it's not done correctly. All right. I think I think the entire system needs to be reworked from the ground up. Um, and my personal opinion is that there is enough chaos and hecticness on a battlefield that there should be no mitigations to it. You should you should have to take. Battleshock for shooting. You should have to take it for close combat. You should have to take it for any model that dies at any given point in time. And heroes shouldn't have an 18-inch bubble of, hey, stay right where you are, partner. How you going? You know, that kind of thing. I think that most heroes should be 6-inch at most or should be right up the, the unit that they want to keep on the field's ass. Okay. And if you're okay. outside of that 6-inch bubble of a hero you pretty much are screwed. Well, you're, I, I, you're, could, I could see that causing a real toilet flusher of a game then. if, if I mean, I, I get what you're well, saying, but... I mean, again, how many armies do we have out there right now that are have such a high battle shock ratio to them or they have so many ways to mitigate battle shock that they basically put an army on its ass, especially when, like Jason Moss says, spooky goes, don't do shit to battle shock armies. And their, their armies based around battle shock. Well, right. Okay, no, I'll buy because that for it, a because, because everything it. because there's so many ways to mitigate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I you agree. have you, you have your noblars and the and the and the, the tyrant, the butcher and the tyrant, basically. Right. Whip, and then your entire army is immune to battle shock for the entire game. So your 300 boys go nowhere. Right. So right. you 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 erase that you erase that key rule with one twist of a one twist of a of a blade, so to speak, because you have an ability that does it. All right. All right. And that and that's where I'm getting at is. Battleshock in Age of Sigmar is pointless. There's too many well, ways to negate it. I personally wouldn't say it's pointless, but I respect your, your thought. Chuck, what do you think? You know, I, I am sort of indifferent on it. With Stormcast and Sons of Behemoth, we the Battleshock is high enough that, you know, it's kind of mitigated. You know, 789 is high enough to really not worry about it. I have a low model count army regardless. Um, but there are ways to, to avoid it. And, and if it was reworked or it could be approached from a different way. I mean, we had uh, other values that, you know, were negative values that would be applied towards leadership back in eighth edition, whether it was like, you know, terror, things like that, or right. the undead had uh, their two to one ratio that would, you know, mitigate leadership tests and things like that. So I think there are ways to, approach it but it's gotten to the point where people can subside and almost ignore it to a certain effect well i mean you put you put large monsters like sons of behemoth out there yeah they have a bravery what eight on them some seven or eight on them yeah but, but because they're because they're monsters they don't take bravery tests yeah they're a single model so if you lose i mean they're yeah, single right, model right, so right, so right. there's no point right even if they're in units of three consider they're yeah. they're considered single models so they don't take any kind of bravery so they negated the ability they're negated battle shock okay it's you, you that's my point 
is that there's too many things that negate Battleshock test altogether and make it yes. to where to where it's a pointless thing. And you had the the, the Lumineth introduce the transference of Battleshock and forcing you to take those Battleshock tests. And that was they needed that was their attempt to make Battleshock rebel relevant again. And it, and unfortunately, it still doesn't work because if a unit's if a unit's immune to Battleshock, it's immune to Battleshock. It does not matter. Right. You can right. you can bounce a test to them all day long, but if they're immune, they're immune. No, and you, and you know what? I, I you guys are making very valid points. I, I just thought that the last thing I could think of that I'd like to see changed in in 3.0 and not gotten rid of. I'm not saying that. Uh, is is Battleshock, but but gentlemen, I mean we we we've, we've had a great discussion. I mean anything that you guys you know briefly you know maybe one maybe two or or, or, or do you think you guys agree and and we're good to move on to the next part of the show? But anything you guys would like to see real quick and you know change or altered or or added or anything with Age of Sigmar 3.0 that we know is coming up in 2021. The removal of minimum unit sizing. Oh, so you want to go back to points per model I, I want to go back to points per model i want to be able to put i want to be able to filter that 1990 and have 10 points if i have 10 points left over and i could put one more justicar in the field or two more skaven rats or whatever or two more skinks or three more skinks into a a 20-man unit then hey let me do it all right because you know that the whole thing with the with the the triumphs is fine if you're under point, but you always get it when you're under point, there's no way to fill your points. Okay. And, right. and a lot of armies, a lot of armies point wise, the way they're designed with their points, they come up short. They usually come up anywhere from 10 to 25 points short. Got so it. Yeah. I would love to see them say, Hey, points per model is where I would, I would prefer we were at instead of points per unit. Okay. Unless you made it where the points per unit were even and not some oddball number. You know, it would make sense. More you know, that, that, that that's a good point, Justin. I had I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, Chuck, what about you, man? Anything anything to add in? Uh, there. You know, one thing that I think would be interesting is that if you had to somehow prepay for your command points prior to the game, so that you had a fixed number as opposed to generating them throughout the game, that that would that would not limit. I guess, I guess it could limit to some ability, but it would it would make command points more critical. So, are you talking and a little bit about to that effect? We wouldn't be overburdened with them. Okay. Because there's a lot of armies. So, are you that are saying? Well, but Chuck, that. let me ask you this: You make a good point too. Are you saying kind of what 40k does, where you prepay for the stratagems and things like that? Yes, that way you're using them at, at critical points when when you know you're probably going to need it against certain armies versus burning three in one turn or four or five, and now all of a sudden you have like 110 attacks on your eels. That is a good one too. See, you guys, <laughs> you guys have both have brought up stuff I would have never thought about. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yep. And, and of course, then we got Jason Moss. He wants he wants to bring back old artillery rules. You, are you kidding? You want to bring back all the templates and the crazy <laughs> dice and all that kind of stuff? Templates. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with him in a way in certain aspects. <laughs> really? As really? In certain aspects with artillery. I'm not talking the templates and that kind of thing. I mean, a single shot doing X amount of damage, that's fine. But, I am I mean, a lot of the, the cannon shots and things of that manner, yeah. uh, I would love to see cannons have the old bouncing ball rule 
to where it hits at one point on the battlefield and it strikes through and it can hit multiple units. I would love to see that. Okay. I would love All to right. see like catapults and things of that ability having the no line of sight requirement rule where they can just lob shit over a building or over a forest and hit something that's hiding behind it. You know, things of that matter, because like right now, as it currently sits, when you are playing, when you're playing, say, OCR Bone Reapers with their catapults and they yeah. fight right. Sylvanette, they put that forest in front of their fucking guys. Excuse my language. Sorry. But they it put it in front pH, of, folks. Yeah. They put that in front of their guys yeah. and that <laughs> catapult can't shoot them because it can't see them. Okay. So you should be able to lob a shot over that forest and catch that Ariel model that's sitting behind it or that unit of bowmen that's sitting behind it. You know, there's no, at the it next, doesn't at the make next it, war meet, Justin, we, we ought to do a game where we try to employ old artillery rules to see what the hell happens. I we, mean, we I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all for us going back to putting, you know, flamer templates and templates back on the table. Cause God forbid yeah, it's right. more, it's more stuff to carry, Right. but having catapults not require line of sight to target, having cannonballs being able to bounce through a unit right. x amount of x amount of inches or or whatever i mean that it makes more those kind of rules make sense to me whereas okay you know all right you're, you're just getting something you're getting more for your money out of your artillery pieces because right now artillery pieces are just i can see you i shoot you i do damage and all it's right. like a hand it all becomes right. like a hand chuck come on what I mean, you gotta what do you, you gotta weigh in on this man uh, old artillery I rules mean, yay or nay what do you think i mean that's a tough one i mean do you do you go back <laughs> to templates and bouncing yeah. cannonballs that, that's that's what it sounds like man i mean it, it's something they could do to change the game I'll, I'll agree with that you know do i am i a fan of trying to buy a box set to get the new templates because you know they're going to change the size on everything it's not going to be a three inch and five inch it'll be like four and six right and if you yeah, don't have the template to visualize you know um and then you get back to the random dice you we have to have a direction dice and the uh what is it the d6 that was right. misfire yeah two four six eight ten yeah all the even yeah. numbers right oh, yeah i mean no, no, I, no, get, no. I, I i'm not I'm, that, but i'm not saying bring back all that craziness you know or in like jason moss saying a compass and a piece of paper no 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 just <laughs> Just, uh -oh, the just, the, just, just the simplistic rules of bouncing cannonballs or close range uh, shrap metal. Yeah, having okay. having multiple yeah. variations All of right. shots off, off okay. a cannon or the, uh, the, the mortars having a lob ability so they don't have to see their target because they're just arcing it in. Okay. You know? Well, good I deal. Mean, you just make it so it does less damage when you arc it versus a direct shot. All right. It's, it's a simple way to fix it. Well, guys, we can uh, we can roll on with with our wish lists and our bitching and our hopes and our dreams for 3.0, and we're gonna have to see what comes of it. But I hope at least some of that stuff that we've talked about here uh, is uh, is gonna transfix and transpire to uh, to the game. But you know, folks, any, anyone wants to leave anything in the comments? What you'd like to see your wish lists uh, for for Age of Sigmar 3.0 that's gonna be coming out in, in 2021? Let us know, man. Leave it down there, and we'll uh, we're we're gonna keep talking about it, man. That's that's what we do. We are a long winded bunch of bastards here on Grimdark Live. We really are. But uh, we're going to be right back with the, uh, the question of the day. Be right back. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. 
There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. We got the question of the day coming up here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at my uh, my 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 my. See, guys, we they were still talking about all this behind the uh, behind the little commercial there, man. I mean, these guys are serious. But but here we are. We're moving on with the show. We're at that point of the show. We've got the question of the day. And if you guys were here joining us at the beginning of the show, you guys heard us kind of, you know, give you a, give you what the question of the day was. So we're going to repeat it. And now uh, we're going to we're going to throw this at old Chuck first, man. We're throwing him in the barrel first on this one. So it's Chuck, here's the question of the day for you, man. In the broken okay. in the broken realm storyline, is Marathi the focal point of these new series of books or is she simply a cog in what will ultimately be a greater machine of legendary storytelling? Okay, so my thought process is is that she is going to be the cog into the story that precedes Age of Sigmar 3.0. And let me let me take a step back okay. and say that if we look at the release of large scale models and books between 2018 and 2020 you will see that nagash has not had a release since late 2017 early 2018 true okay okay so my thought process is we're gonna see the larger godlike characters brought back to the forefront as the premier model within the codex release and with that what we're gonna have is a focal point of them but also they're gonna be bringing the previous like death books and destruction books into fruition around that main character. Now, whether or not we have what Malarian and then some, uh, you know, other books brought into fruition behind him and the realm of shadow and Ooglu potentially. But my point is, is since Nagash hasn't had his release since like 2018 right. or late 2017, night haunt flesh eater courts and bone reapers have all been released. True. So it would be a way for Nagash to have them underneath his wrath as new battalions brought in four new box sets. I like it. All right, that's yeah, that's a that's a damn good answer, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right, so so Justin, here here's I wrote it thing. out. So no, it's a good <laughs> okay. one, man. So same right. question back to you, bud. Well, thanks. So 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 I kind of have a prediction here, and it's it's going to tie into it. So I think we have the first book, which is. Um, which is hers. The second book is going to be chaos. Okay. So we're going to be dealing with Slanesh and corn predominantly in that area and their, their assertion to power or the release of Slanesh. I think at that point, once that release hits, you're going to see the souls of that arcing area and all that basically go into full on meltdown mode. And you're going to go into the third book, which is going to be the containment book. You're going to see 
Sigmar show up in the third book. You'll probably see Tyrion and yes. something of that show up in that third book. The soul basically trying to put Slanesh back into her box. And at which point you're going to have an incited war there. Interesting. This is in turn going to bring death into play in the fourth book. And that's where Nagash will show up. And then I think if they do a yes. fifth book, and if they do a fifth book, it's going to be the culmination of the entire series, and it's going to be all-out war. So you're going to see the clash of the gods. Okay. And every giant god is going to come into play. Wow. All right. But I th- I think if you if you go by the question base, she's just a she's just a linchpin and cog in this very first book. That's mm-hmm. going to open that door, kind of like opening a Pandora's box, right. and it's going to let all the hells of the broken realms into existence. I and think, you're going to. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I agree with that. To, I think I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit off what you both said. I think it's good. I think the storyline is going to start and end with Marathi. I think it's going to start with her, her ascension. I think it's going to bring in the other Pantheon gods. Like we just talked, like you just mentioned, but I think the whole underlining story is going to be how her entire uh, witch elves and, and the entire daughters of Cain start to figure out she really isn't who and what she says she is, right? And I think there's you're going to see that schism happen. And I think advantages are going to be taken by other armies and other gods during that. So I, I think it's almost going to be like a Quentin Tarantino kind of movie. I think I think through the whole story arc, you're going to get bits and pieces that are going to fit together at the very end in such a way that I think they're going to use Marathi as the 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 the, the the piece that lights the fire of the story, but then also the piece that extinguishes the story as well. Once I think her, her faction kind of turns on her once they figure out that she's a lion piece of crap. So that's what I think is really going right. to happen. The, the, the rise and the fall of Marathi and yeah. the, the reordering of the gods. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's my thought as far as the the, the question of the day. But folks, uh, let us know what your thoughts are as far as the question of the day. I mean, in, in the Broken Realms, is Marathi the focal point of this new series of books, or is she simply a cog in what will ultimately be a greater machine of legendary storytelling? So so let us know. I see some cool uh, thoughts and comments coming through already, and and we appreciate that. But here it is, man. We got the closing thoughts, and uh, this is on me tonight, man. I'm the uh, I'm the guy behind the closing thoughts, so I don't. Um, I got to make sure that I, uh, I I actually do this one right. So I'll just go out here and say it, man. Uh, for me, I kind of was thinking about the closing thoughts, you know. And this is something we do on the show to, to kind of end it with with kind of a kind of a you know kind of let us know what's what's in our brain. And you know, a lot of times, what, what's what's you know the thoughts in between my brain are a little other can be a little dangerous, man, because it's always somewhere between my ass hurts in this chair and let's go fuck the waitress. You never know exactly what's happening in my brain. But let me say this, all seriousness. You know, as I drove home from work, I, I thought about why I enjoy, and in, and in many cases, really, really love this game of Warhammer of ours. Um, even other types of role-playing games, you know, like Dungeon Dragons or board games, you know, for that matter. I'm enthralled by gameplay as, as a whole, right? Especially Age of Sigmar, as you can tell. This is our show. You know, the only thing I'm, I'm certain of is uncertainty, Right. And, and I, I like uncertainty. I like dice rolls. I like the, you know, the, 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 uh, the initiative role. I, I, I like that. I'm, I'm the guy out of the three guys here on the show. I'm the one that likes it. Um, I like the random initiative roles that, that comes with the game, the unknown, the unpredictions. But I'm a bit different. And, and perhaps that's why I'm, I'm driven to 
such an end to be creative in this hobby like I am. And I'm not saying that I'm a great painter. I'm actually pretty terrible at it. But what this hobby does for me is so much more than just a game for me. Um, I'm always looking for ways to direct that energy, that creative energy, the imagination, the hobby end of it. And uh, all this thinking about possibilities is, is really turning of a, of, of a giant wheel in my head. You know, who, who doesn't love the, the building and painting of their armies? I mean, you get invested in these armies and, and, and you love them. And that's one of the things about this hobby that I, I truly love. And if you think about it this way, gang, life itself is a game, is it not? I mean, think about it. When we think of games, we think of non-serious things. And I love that in our game, miniatures represent or, or models are used to simulate the pitch battles on an imaginary or small part of the world. Maybe something reflective, you know, in real life, something that maybe have really happened. And there are so many rules that govern how a game is played. Like we talked about tonight, what we what we expect to see for Age of Sigmar 3.0, for instance. But ultimately, any game comes down to a series of actions that works together to form a hopefully satisfying, you know, conclusion. <laughs> you know, sometimes the dice work against you. We talk about the dice gods all the time here on, on Grimdark Live. But this is why I, I started my thought about, you know, why do you love this game? Because... I started my thought by telling you why I love it. My question to all of you out there is, why do you love this game? You know, let's think about it this way. Either you love your gameplay experience or you love getting out of it. There are those people out there. I don't think games have a gray area for any type of experience. Most of the time, the positive or the negative experience of players uh, in a game is really binary, binary, if you think about it that way. Sure, you know, you may think that uh, a game is simply okay, but in fact, if you're ambitious about a game, like, like we all are here with our little game, that means you haven't played it, you know, I, I mean, ambiguous about a game, that means you haven't played it enough. If you're ambitious about it, that means you've played it probably enough or, or, or more than, than you probably should be, which is a good and bad thing. And I always say this, Play any game enough, play it enough times, and, and whether, whether you love it and, and want to play it again or don't love it, it's going to tell you a lot about who and, and, and what you are as a person. And this is life, isn't it? You have a set of rules. Either they're external or internal to yourself, and you follow them. And if you don't follow them, sometimes you end up screwing things up or not. But I would say this, whatever you do in life or whatever you do in this game, have fun, have a great time, and, and always put yourself in a position to make other people feel welcome, encouraged, and, and you know what, if you're ever anywhere around our gaming group, stop in for a war meet, man. I'll show you a bunch of great guys to game with. Hope to see you there. That's my closing thoughts. There you have it, man. So we are at the uh, we're at the end of the show, man, and I think uh, I think Chuck is still with us, and and uh, that's it. So what did you guys think? Did we do good today. What did you guys think? We did great. <laughs> good job. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, oh, that was awesome. That was awesome, Pat. This is it, guys. This is uh, this is another great show, and this is a wrap. And, and all the Grimdark Goons and I would like to thank all of our listeners for another great show, and we look forward to having you back next time we discuss all things related to dice dragons, demons and dwarves, and the Warhammer worlds. So please don't forget to join us next Thursday at 730. 
And also, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast. So until we meet again, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a short pants. Bye. Yep. Bye. Good night and good luck. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. short pants.